During Dell TechFest, score game-changing innovations with limited-time deals on select next-gen Alienware gaming tech. New dimensions await with advanced gaming systems like the Alienware M18 laptop powered by an Intel Core i9 processor featuring awe-inspiring visuals, liquid cooling, three-dimensional audio with Dolby Atmos, and impressive overclocking potential. Plus, build your dream setup with great deals on select gaming monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at Alienware.com deals, you'll have access to leading-edge gaming technology to conquer the competition and free shipping on everything. Amazing prices await you for a limited time only at Alienware.com deals. That's Alienware.com deals. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Wednesday, April 20th, 2022. Happy 420. I'm one of your host, Blessing, Adioye Jr. Joining me is the Washington Post's Shannon Lau. Hey, everyone. I'm so happy to be here. Woo! Very happy to have you, Shannon. Shannon, for people who don't know, who is Shannon Lau? Oh, that's a good question. A deep question. Um, Man, Um, yeah. <laughs> Existential this morning. I know. I'm a video games journalist for the Washington Post and kind of surprising to some people that the, uh, the Washington Post does cover video games. Um, So I've been doing a lot of like Activision Blizzard reporting over the past few months. And uh, who else am I? I mean, <laughs> I just like, uh, I guess a lot of people have been asking, like, are you a gamer? Uh, so I definitely could say, yes, I'm a gamer. Um, And I was play just, video uh, games like, every now and then. Yeah, yeah, sometimes, occasionally, sometimes. I've heard of them. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and yeah, I was just in San Francisco and hung out with uh, Blessing uh, at the Game Developers Conference there, so yeah. Yeah, and I, re- I originally met you at the Game Awards, met you again at GDC, and like, yeah. I want to hear, hear about how your GDC went, because for me, it was my first GDC, um, because GDC yeah. hasn't been around for the last few years because of the pandemic, and so going to GDC this year for the first time, it was this cool thing of, this is one of the first events I'm actually going to as part of kind of funny, right? Like after Game Awards, and it is me, you know, hanging out with people, hanging out with devs, hanging out with folks uh, on the media side, and actually getting to meet folks once again, and actually like interface with the people whose articles I reference all the time on this show. Because on Kind of Funny Games Daily, right? Like we have anywhere from five to eight news stories a day, and I'm saying all these names. I'm saying I'm referencing like Shannon Lau or Gene Park or Jonathan Dornbush, or I guess Jonathan Dornbush doesn't do much like writing, but like usually the IGN folks, GameSpot folks, right? Like I'm saying all these names, but I'm not necessarily meeting these people in real life so gdc was one of those cool moments where well actually game awards was one of those cool moments where i like met you and i was like oh i've seen you around like i i I know your name because i've seen your name on washington post articles and then gdc we actually got to hang out and during that time i was like oh i gotta get you on kfgd because you seem like a really cool person in the games industry uh and so for you how was your gdc yeah, thank you. No, I really appreciate that. And also, I remember at the Game Awards, you had this really awesome suit. So, like, nobody could miss you. Like, you could definitely thank see you, you from that's, a mile away. That's a Yusef <laughs> McGeed original. He's my uh, fashion designer. Since, wow. Uh, shout out to Yusef wow. McGeed. Nice. Okay, cool. I Yeah, my GDC was uh, honestly not great. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you, like, noticed this, but, like, there was, like, a swarm of COVID, basically, COVID cases. And then at the end of it, like, I don't know how I got COVID, but somebody at GDC had it. And there's even like one person who went to GDC and like didn't tell anyone that they tested positive and then started walking yeah. around. So yeah, that didn't that part sucked, but it was great meeting you and going to all these like different events to, you know, like you said, like meet people who it was also my first GDC and I hadn't seen like people's faces and put names to their faces. So that was like a new experience for me. Um, and just like I got to go to one panel and the rest of the time it was like breaking news every day for Activision Blizzard. So that was what I was focusing on. And I just did a, a, a interview with Demi Shi from like Turning Red. She was the director for that. And that was like an interview I did during GDC. So it was just oh, like, wow. really was she at week. GDC. No, she wasn't. She was okay. in, uh, I, I think, L.A. at the time. And, or, and I was like, oh, I'll call. Uh, or, or I think maybe San Francisco. But either way, she was, like, not available to to meet me. But I could, like, call in. Um, so I did a Zoom call with her. Gotcha. Can I ask, what? so what purpose does GDC serve for you? Because I know GDC, for people who don't know, right, it's the Game Develop- Developers Conference. Happens once a year. And it's usually aimed toward game developers to go to panels, to, like, get knowledge about development, right? Different ideas of like whether you're in programming, whether you're in art, whether you're in any sort of like um, faction of game development, usually there's going to be stuff for you. And it's also a good place to network. It's a good place to like check out the show floor, see what other people are working on, right? Is that kind of event. I think there we also got like Google Stadia was announced at GDC. I think uh, PlayStation did uh, stuff at GDC previously, recently. Um, usually it is aimed toward game developers. And I know for me, I, I went mainly as a, okay, let me meet people. Let me network a little bit. Let me let me get a taste of like who's in the industry, right? And like actually meet people face to face because I talk about their shit all the time. 
for you, like going there, being part of the Washington Post, being a reporter, what is the purpose that GDC serves for you? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, I think going into it, we knew that there wouldn't be that much news. So we were like, okay, it's going, we're going here to like meet people. Uh, I got to see like my old uh, friends from Polygon, for instance, like other people from IGN. And then also I was trying to meet, um, you know, certain sources that I had talked to maybe like over the internet for two years at this point or, or a year at least. And like they knew me and knew my work, but hadn't met me face to face. So I actually did a bunch of these like, uh, you know, anonymous source meetings where like I, I know who they are but like the the reader doesn't know who they are and then we just like hid behind some like corner hallway and, and we're like hopefully nobody can see that I'm talking to you and I was like I'm very conspicuous like uh people kept messaging me like oh I see you I saw you earlier today like the purple hair like you walked by and I was like oh no I don't know how many people have like secretly spied on me <laughs> throughout this <laughs> whole entire week um but yeah basically it was just to really meet a lot of people and go to these parties and like I would turn around and see like a vice president of a PlayStation or uh, of TikTok and like oh, like this person, maybe like weeks down the line, I can like interview for something. So it was like good for for those purposes. Yeah. It's um, like setting up opportunities that could pay off in the future. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, because like I only got to go to like one Roblox panel and like talk to the Roblox VP. We didn't even do anything with that interview. Uh, so most of the time it was just like to to meet everyone. Nice. And so for you, right, you work at Washington Post. You mentioned that you do a lot of reporting. Uh, you talk, you, you've you done uh, reports about Activision Blizzard, other similar topics. Is that your main role? Are you a reporter? Do you break news? Yeah, yeah. I, I would say that I'm mainly a reporter uh, focused on like investigative features, especially with the entire Activision Blizzard story. Um, starting like last August, I put out a feature with like uh, over 17 people that I, across the, the company who had experienced, um, you know, instances of sexual harassment or had witnessed that from other people. Um, and so that, that story uh, came out and afterwards I kept talking to more people at that company. And so at this point I have like dozens of sources within that company. And oftentimes they're like, oh, I just had a meeting with management and now they're changing this or restructuring our whole company. So I've been breaking news along those lines of like, oh, the employees are very dissatisfied. They're about to walk out. And they've walked out like three times at this point, you know, over uh, this, they want the CEO Bobby Kotick to step down and, and other things like that. They're just very unhappy. So most of the time I'm focused on like company culture and, and what's going on with the, within those companies. But you've also seen me like write something like um, last year I did a story about like Animal Crossing and like people who play 400 hours of Animal Crossing. So you'll see me do all kinds of stories. Nice. What is that? What is that like to be somebody who is an investigative reporter? Because, you know, again, like I referenced many, many stories in the show. Right. And like a lot of them are, hey, there's a, an update on Sonic Origins or hey, there's like this is me like foreshadowing the show today. Right. Like, hey, there's last list news. Right. But then every now and then it is, hey, this is what's going down at Activision Blizzard. This is what's going down at this company. Like somebody did the work like Jason Schreier, somebody along those lines. Shannon Lau did the work and like put out one of those stories for you. When you were building up to working at a Washington Post and being a games reporter, in your mind, did you know that you wanted to do investigative stuff? Did you know you wanted to do work about uh, company culture? Or was it a thing of, I just want to write about video games and this is this is where you found your strength to be? How, that, how does that happen? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. I think I started off as a journalist like when I was 15. So I've been doing this for years outside of like games journalism. But um, I, I only found my way towards video games like around 2019 because at that point I started at CNN and uh, they were like, oh, you can't cover China anymore. You've been covering like China internet culture. Uh, we're actually based in New York. So it's kind of weird for you to be writing about uh, a different country when you're not traveling over there. So they're like, why don't you, what about video games? And like also E3 is happening like next week, you want to go? And so I said, yeah, I definitely want to fly out there. And, and so I love like video games anyway. So that was like, a natural thing for me and then like in terms of like investigating uh journal investigative journalism like you're asking like i've been doing that for for years now uh and then in terms of like getting the sources that i needed to like make that happen within the video games industry that's like uh, i think just like over time like building trust among uh like people in the industry and then they start to kind of see me as somebody that they can talk to when they have a problem with uh, their company or they, they want to reveal something that they think that it needs more attention. So like just from there, that's how I kind of got my start into like investigating. And I think that uh, games journalism itself like could use more like investigative journalists like like me or like Jason Schreier, for instance. Uh, I've like been looking up to, you know, a lot of the work from from Jason and also like other folks over like the past few years, just like big reports about, you know, what is like 
the future of esports or like what what is happening at um you know with anthem and, and frostbite um mm -hmm. so i always like look to those for inspiration when i was like working on my stories and i think there's just like so many different video game companies and a lot of them are trying to unionize and many people are unhappy so those are all stories that we just don't have enough people to tell um so it, it's good to like at least on my end, like try my best to, to get as many covered as possible. Nice. Well, we're going to talk about a little bit about that stuff today. But before we get into the show proper, I do have one more question for you. What is your favorite game of all time? Uh, that's that's a tough question. Um, I, I usually say Persona 5. Like that was the game. Oh, yeah. Really oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. OK, I hear some. You're among friends. Yeah. Yeah. That's a game that like I could not put down and I was still like working for The Verge at the time. So I was like I had a day job, but I would just come back home and like immediately like polish off 10 more hours and like in the course of like three days finish the game and i was like okay now it's time for new game plus i have to oh my date god the other i have to date Anne. now i dated makoto and i got to date Anne. um and then i'm i'm playing persona 5 strikers as well so like yeah they're all just the entire franchise i gotta get to persona 5 strikers right now is what i call backlog season and yeah. i keep piling on games that aren't like backlog games like I've, I've been playing oh I, I started playing 13 sentinels again which is a backlog game for me and so i've been mm -hmm. i've been doing that but then earlier today we did our reaction stream to the 6-1 indie mini indie game showcase for pax east and they did like a trailer for anno mutationum and i was like ah oh, fuck man i might need to play this game and that's not an old game that game came out like i think a few weeks ago um but yeah no like persona 5 strikers has been in my backlog and i gotta get back around to it but that'll happen someday <laughs> not it's today great. maybe not anytime soon but someday because barrett does say it's great but the music especially bless you'd love it i know and like when i started it they they had like remixes to to songs that were from persona 5 original and oh, immediately yeah. i was like oh, yeah. oh this is about to be fire but then yeah. i ran out of time then i ran out yeah. of time Oh no. Well, maybe, maybe we get to it at one point. Like, yeah, the music is bringing me back to like Persona 5. I'm getting flashbacks, like, really enjoying it. And also oh, yeah. cooking. I love cooking in inside games. So, yeah, I get to do a lot of that. Well, enough about Persona 5. Let's talk about today's stories, which include more possible Uncharted games from Naughty Dog, Last of Us Remake being 2022, and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every week at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames, we run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosteeth.com, or you can listen later on podcast service around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily remember you can use epic creator code kind of funny on all epic store and epic in-game purchases like rocket league and fortnite to help support the channel to be a part of the show to patreon.com slash kind of funny games or bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free with the exclusive daily post show housekeeping for you I'm excited to announce that Janet and I will be hosting the Skybound Games PAX East Showcase tomorrow at 10 a.m. Pacific on the PAX Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash PAX East. Uh, there will be exclusive looks at Escape Academy and WrestleQuest and a brand new documentary celebrating the 10th anniversary of The Walking Dead game's first season. Uh, Greg and Gary will also appear in that, so check it out and support the team. Very excited about that happening tomorrow. And then, in case you missed it, speaking of showcases, we reacted to a fun indie showcase by our friends at 6-1 Indie. That's up on YouTube.com slash KindOfFunnyGames, and it's worth checking out if you want to discover some cool indie games. Like I said, I talked about uh, Anno Mutationum, but there are a group of other games that seem really cool as well, so definitely check that one out. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Fargo Brady, Pranksy, and Anonymous. Today, brought to you by Credit Karma, but we'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is, and forever will be, your Oprah report. It's time for some news. We have five stories today. A baker's dozen. Starting with a very interesting number one, Naughty Dog, or a Naughty Dog recruit, recruiter, has seemingly hinted at plans for more Uncharted games. I'm pulling from Tom Ivan at Video Games Chronicle. A newly appointed recruiter at Naughty Dog has seemingly hinted that Sony is planning future Uncharted releases. On Tuesday, Christina Marie Drake McBreardy announced on LinkedIn that she had joined the studio this month as a primary recruiter. In her post, McBreardy said she is, quote, scouting for talent at every level, and it's, quote, special being able to, uh, special being able to be building future teams for not only new titles, but for the legacy of Uncharted, end quote. 
Naughty Dog developer, or sorry, Naughty Dog developed the Uncharted franchise and all Naughty Dog's core series. Uh, entries have been remastered. Earlier this year, two Naughty Dog developers suggested that the studio remains open to the possibility of making more Uncharted games. Ahead of Legacy of Thieves Collection's uh, release in January, GamesRadar asked Lost Legacy creative director Sean Eskig uh, and game director Kurt Margineau whether Naughty Dog could develop a new, new Uncharted game at some point. Quote, I think we can say for certain that we can never say never, said Margino, who also served as lead cinematic animator on Uncharted 4. Quote, yeah, Uncharted is a franchise we love, that the studio loves, I love, and Uncharted 4 co-lead designer Kurt loves, he added. Quote, it's a world we want to see more of, so I can certainly say that, end quote. Days Gone director Jeff Ross, who recently joined Tomb Raider studio Crystal Dynamics, said in February that at one point he'd wanted to, to make an Uncharted game focused solely on young Sully. PlayStation's Visual Arts Service Group also reportedly wanted to, to remake the first Uncharted game at one point, but the project was apparently deemed too deemed to be too expensive and time-consuming. So it switched its attention to a remake of The Last of Us, a more recent release, uh, which would require less additional design work, Bloomberg reported last year. Shannon, where are you at with Uncharted? Do you th- one, are you an Uncharted fan? Two, do you think we'll see more from Uncharted? Uh, yeah, so unfortunately, Uncharted is one of those series that I did not pick up. Um, so I did not play the games, but I do know, like, you know, how beloved they are. And I think that, you know, just judging based on, like, you know, looking at video game franchises as a whole, I, I don't think that they would, like, stop, you know, halfway, like, when it's such a successful franchise and people love it so much. Like, they love Nathan Drake. Uh, why would they not make more? You know, that's kind of what, how I see it. Yeah. I'm like I'm in a similar place where I mean I I, I like and in, in, in adore Uncharted right especially like Uncharted Four and Lost Legacy like are some of my favorite games on the PS4. I think more Uncharted is inevitable because when you're talking about IP when you're talking about the bread and butter of PlayStation right like Uncharted is on that list right it is God of War it is Uncharted newly it is Horizon it is Ghosts right like they have a list of games and IP that just do well for them and Uncharted is toward the very very top. Uncharted is also an interesting place of. Uncharted 4 coming out and Uncharted 4 being the natural kind of ending to the Uncharted series, but then it kicking back up again with Lost Legacy, which originally was supposed to be DLC, turned into its own thing, but proved that you can have an Uncharted game that doesn't star Nathan Drake and it be a game that doesn't disappoint people, right? Like Uncharted Lost Mm -hmm. Legacy came out. I think people relatively really enjoyed it. Like surely people weren't like, oh, it's Uncharted 4, even though I liked it better than Uncharted 4. But for the most part, like Uncharted Lost Legacy came out and it was successful, right? Mm -hmm. And so like you have that, but... I think you also have the thing of for a Sony that probably wants more Uncharted and a Naughty Dog that had that natural ending to Uncharted and probably wants to do more things that aren't just Uncharted than The Last of Us because they've been doing that for two generations. Mm -hmm. I wonder if Naughty Dog is the studio that is going to make the next Uncharted, right? Like, I wonder if it is a, hey, let's take this, let's give it to somebody, let's give it to somebody else, right? Like Jeff Ross, Mm -hmm. again, like referenced how um, they over at at, um, Bend were considering the idea of like pitching a uncharted game that was going to be starring solely right like you have stuff like that that could make sense if naughty dog didn't want to make it that said you know you look at this at this recruiter who now works at naughty dog and you look at them talking about the future of uh, uncharted and it seems like somewhere in there the discussions are happening is that anything that surprises you no that that's actually really interesting it's a good point like it's true that you know naughty dog has been working on this for so many years they must be like very tired uh i mean it's like you know yeah like game developer fatigue for like working on the same series um over years um and then at the same time like sony is uh you know acquiring uh you know bungie and like also making moves across the industry like all these gaming companies we have to watch out for who are they going to buy next and then it's possible that in, in this like process they're also having discussions of you know which studio would, would pitch a new game and it seems like there was this like spinoff for young sully but that never happened and maybe that could also be an idea picked up by somebody else so that's definitely really interesting and worth like keeping an eye on yeah and like to catch people up right like there was a rumor years ago that Sony's San Diego studio was working on Uncharted. And to be clear, that is different from Sony San Diego, of course, who makes MLB the show. Sony's San Diego studio, that story evolved into them being the PlayStation Visual Arts Arts group that that um, Jason Schreier reported on about like a year or so ago, right? And so like things have things have kind of like gotten mixed up in a very interesting way where there's a rotation going on of IP and like where things are going to land is going to be interesting because we're also going to talk about the last of us. That is going to be story number two, because there is last of us news as well, or last was rumors. I, I should say as well. Right. And like, there's the question of who's making the last of us thing as well um, for uncharted and for like you, what you, what you mentioned as far as like Sony buying studios, Sony, Sony acquiring, right. You also have 
um, I always get them mixed up. There's Firewalk and there's Fire Sprite. Firewalk is like the multiplayer studio, and then Fire Sprite is like the bigger studio that's doing all, all uh, like a bunch of stuff, right? Fire Sprite, I believe, is working, or at least was rumored to be working on the Twisted Metal thing as well. And it seems like that's a studio where if Sony has a project they, that they want to to get done, they have a lot of people working there. They have a lot of bandwidth. It seems like they're the they're the studio to take stuff like that over. Um, but we're at a place where there's also a lot of unknowns. For you, Shannon, like, is there a thing that Uncharted could do in the future if they brought back Uncharted, whether it be Naughty Dog or whether it be another studio that would get you in. Like, if it is a hey, here's some new characters that aren't Nathan Drake that aren't following up on stuff in the past, is that enough to sell you as somebody who's not necessarily in, as into Uncharted? Yeah, I think you like hit the nail on the head for me. Like, it's it's always been like this kind of like Indiana Jones like kind of setting that wasn't really appealing to me. I I didn't really um, have a reason to jump into the series. And also I was like, well, there aren't any like new Uncharted games right now. So I can just focus on the new releases and try to catch up on those. And like Uncharted is within my backlog. Um, but I, I think that, yeah, if they focus on like a different character and like make, make the game more diverse for sure, like that could definitely attract me. Like for instance, like I started playing Gears 5, Gears of War 5 when it came out in 2019, just because they like, showed a trailer with like Billie Eilish playing her song like bad guy and it was like focused on this new character and I was like okay well or like it was focused on like a new protagonist compared to like the previous games and I was like well actually this looks kind of cool and like women-centric and then I would play the game for that and then of course the the whole game did not have any Billie Eilish to it so it was like kind of like a bane switch for me but <laughs> there's no yeah. Billie Eilish shit anywhere that's hilarious <laughs> yeah. yeah but if Uncharted does that uh they could totally get me and other people as well Hell yeah. Well, I want to continue talking about Naughty Dog with story number two. A PlayStation animator could be hinting at a Last of Us remake for 2022. This is Jordan Midler at Video Games Chronicle. A PlayStation Studios visual arts animator has teased an, an unannounced first-party game that they suggest could release this year. In a series of tweets published over the last month, Robert Morrison, a veteran game animator who recently worked on God of War at Sony Santa Monica, claimed that Sony PlayStation claimed that PlayStation has some bangers coming out this year and alluded to an unannounced project he's been working on. The animator claims he is not working on the upcoming God of War sequel, Ragnarok. According to his LinkedIn bio, Morrison currently works for PlayStation Studios Visual Arts, uh, the same studio that is understood to be working on a remake of The Last of Us for PlayStation 5, according to multiple reports. It's previously been reported that the unannounced title could release this year, and Video Games Chronicle has heard from, its, from our own sources that the remake is nearing completion. In multiple tweets published in the, in the last few weeks, Morrison has alluded to PlayStation bangers releasing during 2022. In addition, he claimed that he's been working on a title for nearly five years that hasn't been shown. However, the animator only rejoined Sony in 2021, so it's not clear if this time frame is in relation to his current project at PlayStation Studios VA. While Sony's first-party lineup for the rest of this year is currently empty, it's been reported for some time that a remake of The Last of Us is in development at Naughty Dog to coincide with the upcoming HBO series. Shannon, I know Uncharted isn't like isn't as much your GM as Last of Us your GM. Yeah, I, I actually played through Last of Us uh, Part Two, um, and then also like I tried part of Last of Us the the start the first game. Uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> a lot of my friends are like just obsessed, and they have like a model of uh, all the characters on their on their table. Um, but yeah, so I, I even have like friends who are not gamers who are like very interested in the Last of Us uh, HBO series, uh, just because like it looks really cool. It's like prestige TV. So I think like there could be a whole wave of new fans coming in for this for this franchise. Do you get do you get excited about the idea of the HBO Last of Us series, but then also kind of a Last of Us not Renaissance because I feel like a Renaissance implies that something went away, but like Last of Us kind of refresh with a Last of Us remake maybe coinciding with an HBO series. Is that something that you're into? Yeah, I think I think that's really cool. Um, I think when I, I I just saw that recently with like Arcane coming out and then League of Legends doing a whole bunch of like new little events uh, at the same time. So I think like there's a lot of cross promotion right now between video games and then TV shows. Um, this would be really cool to to see. Uh, I don't know where they're gonna go with the series at this point. Like with where they left off in Last of Us Part Two, it seemed like kind of like a like a very complete ending. Um, but yeah, I think that like when the TV show comes out, like then you get all these people saying maybe I'll try this game now and. Like, that's always exciting to see. Yeah. For you, like, Last of Us Remake, is that a thing that excites you in terms of, you know, having played Last of Us 2, I'm, uh, having, having gone back to Last of Us, the original, 
Do you yeah. feel like it's time? Do you feel like and, and also do you believe it? Because I read through this article, right? And like they're referencing the animator, right? Robert Robert Morrison here, who is talking about being excited for projects that are coming out soon for PlayStation, right? PlayStation's about to have some bangers. And there's yeah. a lot of extrapolation going on in this article in terms of, hey, like he works for the visual arts group. It's been rumored that they're working on Last of Us. Like he's this guy also likes Last of Us. Like <laughs> there's a lot of extrapolation going on. And so like even to throw a lot of that out, because I think regardless, you know, the uh, video games chronicle here mentions that our own sources also this lines up with them as well and i think there's been rumors for a while that the last of Us remake is way further along than um than we'd even think if that game comes out let's say later this year or next year right is that something that excites you and also do you think that it is going to come out like later <laughs> this year or next year yeah that would be really cool i would definitely jump on playing it but i don't know like I, I wonder why they wouldn't just announce it so that you can anticipate it why would they just like why would sony just like quietly not say anything and like put it out later this year and also why is it this like random i i, I wanted to say like why is it this guy just tweeting out everything like isn't his company angry with him for revealing all these secrets or is it just like you know him making up some things and, and they don't really care uh so like definitely worth considering like Sometimes I see like developers tweet like, oh, I am working on a secret thing. I cannot say anything about it, but like it's going to be so cool. Um, and then they usually don't tell you like it's going to come out in, in a few months now. And and just like just FYI, like they don't usually like leak things to Twitter like that. So mm -hmm. it is kind of suspicious. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I, I find that I find the tweets interesting because like they're vague enough to where I can see. I can see this guy not getting in trouble for it because it is him being like, man, PlayStation has some bangers coming out. But I feel like even that for for what we know about PlayStation as a company, even that might be like pushing it a bit in terms of what you're allowed to get away with and saying on Twitter if you work at PlayStation. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, like the in, in terms of Last of Us Remake, right? Like I want to be excited for that. But also, I'm still I'm still in a place where I feel like Last of Us 1 is very playable, especially playing the remastered version that they put out. Yeah. on ps4 and there are so many other games that, uh, that i would have asked for a remake for like i would have asked for uncharted one remake i would have asked for like even the original three uncharted's for uh ps3 right like i maybe would have asked for those right or i would have asked for plenty of other playstation games that feel like they could use more of that polishing that last of us one um uh kind of already has because it's it i know it's not recent it was 2013 when it originally came out but it's had opportunities to get polished up and it doesn't feel like that old of a game the thing that does excite me about it is like, hey, if you take Last of Us 1 and make it look like Last of Us 2, because Last of Us 2 was a big jump. Last of Us 2 did look gorgeous. It ran gorgeous. It played amazingly. I think there's something there, and I think that is hype. Um, but I don't know. I'm just in a weird, I'm in a weird middle spot with it. Yeah, no, I, I think I, I get what you're saying. I, I actually, um, yeah, I, I'd be more excited for like a, a sequel, which would, I mean, like a like a third uh, entry in this in the franchise, which would probably take more years to come. But like a remake for me would be the appeal of that is like because I have a PlayStation Five and like have like a new controller, I can like see like new like feel new vibrations probably and like have a different experience with the graphics. I think when it comes to like for me like catching up with this like massive backlog of the past few decades. When I play like an older game, I'm like, oh, it does look kind of janky and like you can see a, a difference in the quality. Sometimes I'm like, this puts me off. Like I was playing Psychonauts, the original, and I was like, this looks like it's from 2005. Uh, it's kind of hard to endure. So I think the the remake would be, be fun for the, for those reasons. Yeah. You mentioned uh, earlier, right? Like, th is this game that is not announced? Is that really going to come out this fall, right? Like PlayStation, when it comes to big titles and the last list remake, I think would count as a, hey, this is a big first party title. Um if that is a 2022 release, how close to it are we going to get the actual announcement of it? Like, is PlayStation, PlayStation, I don't think, are known for being like, hey, we have a big first party game and we're announcing it in July and it's out in September. Like, that's not how PlayStation operates of games of this scale, right? Like, they want to market, they want to build up. Um, and so to the question of, like, what's the latest they announce it, I could... It's weird because they don't do E3 anymore. Because I would say, all right, I could see June for, like, a November release date. But that doesn't necessarily line up with what PlayStation does unless they do an impromptu like, hey, we're doing another PlayStation showcase like we've done for the last few falls and we're doing one in June like we did for the PS5 original reveal. I think that could line up. But also, I think they only do that if they have a lot to say. And mm -hmm. I I'm, I don't know how much PlayStation has to say about like the immediate future. Right. Like we got God of War Ragnarok. Is that going to be 2022? You know, we, we have to like wait and see on that one. But like, I don't yeah. necessarily believe it anymore. Um 
could yeah. you just wait till the fall to like go over like hey all right cool it's fall it's fall here's your playstation showcase god of war ragnarok is still coming out here's a new trailer and it's coming out spring uh here's the announcement for last Us remake coming out they put 2023 on it let's say because the show's not coming out till 2023 here's more info about wolverine here's more info about spider-man 2 here's uh, what bend is working on right here's the next sucker punch game there's a lot that they have to talk about but nothing in the near future aside from this theoretical la rumored last was remake game that I, that is, is, that is very hard to believe that it's going to come out in fall. Not impossible, but for me, just very hard to believe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, given all that you're saying, like, it really doesn't sound like they have enough to make a state of play or, like, make a big announcement. I think instead of E3, there could be, like, the Summer Games Fest with, like, Jeff Keighley. Maybe they would do, like, a smaller announcement on that scale. But I think, like, if you look at, um like, Life is Strange, uh, the, the kind of, like, the remastered versions that came out last year, they were delayed, I believe, like, by at least a month um so mm. even that was like they announced um like square enix announced that was happening and then they just like delayed the game a little bit um or uh yeah so like i i don't know like sony hasn't said anything at this point it's already april and i guess we'll see yeah i think for me i'm wait i'm like i'm gonna give it till june I, I i don't think it's outside the realm of possibility we have a june event for playstation or like a or an early summer event maybe like a late may event um for playstation where it is them talking about some of the cool stuff they have they, they have coming up but it just doesn't align as much with history but i'm i'm down to like i'm down to throw out that like history always is gospel right like if they came through and they did it and they were like hey last was remake is going to be the star this fall and god of war ragnarok gets delayed or somehow somehow god of war ragnarok makes it uh this fall that's gonna be a banger fall that's gonna be an incredible fall and that's gonna make for an incredible year because we already had like horizon gran turismo and other stuff for playstation and so we're in a wait and see place i'm gonna wait and see i'm excited for it nonetheless but hey We'll see. Jan uh, I was going to say Janet. Shannon, uh, before we get into the next news story, I want to let people out there know about patreon.com slash games where they can go and get the show ad-free. And speaking of ads, let us tell you about our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Credit Karma. Are you earning credit card rewards? Credit Karma can help you compare your reward options so you can find a card that fits your lifestyle, helping you earn miles or cash back for spending you're gonna do anyway. I've been using Credit Karma for years. It's such an easy way to just keep track of my credit score and make sure that everything is going fantastically with so many great features. Credit Karma uses your credit profile to show you offers that are tailored to your financial situation. Credit Karma partners with a wide range of card issues so you can be sure that you're exploring all sorts of options. Comparing cards on Credit Karma is 100% free and it won't affect your credit score. And best of all, Credit Karma uses your credit data to show you your chances of approval before you even apply, helping you apply with more confidence. That is an awesome feature. Credit Karma, create your own karma. Ready to find the card for you? Head to Credit Karma and check out your personalized mix of offers today. Go to creditkarma.com or the Credit Karma app to find the card for you. That's creditkarma.com. Shannon, you you recommended just now during the ad break that I turned this to a mukbang because I showed you the burrito that I have like three bites <laughs> eaten that I had to scarf down uh, or not even scarf down that I had to like get some bites in before the show because I was running on an empty stomach um, in a lot of coconut water. I like bought coconut water the other day and it's, oh, it's nice. been sitting around. I've been scarfing this thing down. Um, that's good for uh, hydration. So yeah, cool. Yeah, we had a thing last week where co-host Janet, uh, she had an amazing looking sandwich that she brought onto the show. And she was like, yeah, during the ad break, I'm going to scarf this thing down. And I was very, very impressed with her ability to do it. Uh, but also she had like a three minute ad break versus t today's ads which are like five and a half seconds i do not have enough time to start <laughs> yeah, yeah i did not prepare like how long the ad break would be i don't know my food is in the other room but i, I hear you you should but i'm saying like mukbangs are so popular like why not turn this into one mukbangs are they're popular as video content for sure and i'm sure the youtube watchers would be like hell yeah eat that burrito the podcast listeners is where it gets messy because <laughs> the podcast <laughs> listeners then have to, to hear me eat and then they have to hear me talk after eating and there is like I, i'm I'm, con I'm convinced there's like a condition that people have where i don't know if it's a phobia i don't know what it is but i think like there's a certain group of people that cannot stand to hear that noise and i totally get it like it's yeah. like no that's an actual it's thing like left. nails on chalkboard I think it's, it's like a misophonia i want to say a misophonia. i don't know yeah people in the chat thing. said yeah miss misophonia yeah misophonia yeah oh you so, learned anything that's a that's a real thing people have unfortunately yeah. here's what i'll say we have a post show I might scarf down this burrito during the post show. Okay. I think that's what I might do. Somebody okay. also asked if I microwaved it like I do my waffles. First of all, 
Yes, but also God. the rapper said it was okay. No, it was it was part uh, of the instructions. I got it at Trader Joe's. Okay, it was like no microwave fine. for two and a half minutes. Okay. I was supposed to microwave. Does, it, does your Eggo waffle box tell you to microwave your Eggo waffles? You sick sicko. <laughs> you know, I never checked. I yeah. see. Here's the thing. A lot of people give me give me shit about this. I would not be surprised if I went to the freezer, pulled out my Eggo waffles box, looked at it, and it was like, oh, and you can microwave it. No, everybody just everybody goes crazy because they on the box don't microwave them because they'll be soggy weirdo. Only yeah. the bottom one. Wait, so how do you cook your burrito if you don't microwave it? What you... See, and that's my question. Like for the first time <laughs> in chat, I'm like, how the fuck do you make your burritos? I assume like what oven? Are they putting them in, to- in an oven? Oh my god! You like, like a what? waffle you put in the toaster, but a burrito you don't put in the toaster. Come on. Yeah. Like what the fuck? What about what else am I supposed to do with this burrito? Pre-made burritos. Yeah. If it says it on the instructions to microwave it, yeah. You could also, I guess, uh, put in the 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 oven if you want to. But like, if you're making a burrito, you know, you're you you know, you're making the meat yourself. You know. Who I'm has not time making the burrito. Make a burrito yeah. and put it in the oven. You are saying air fryer. I would like air, an air fryer. fryer. I do yeah. not have an air fryer. I would love It'll to get an air fryer. It'll change your life, blessing. It'll change. Your I know. Life. That's what I keep hearing. I've heard that. Yeah. Shannon, where do you stand on microwaving Eggo waffles? Oh yeah, I am not with you on that one. Damn I have it. a toaster for my waffles. That's unfortunate. Yeah, but, but I was hoping this I would, would be think. like the thing, like the thing that I, that I, I was hoping you would be like the one person that would agree with me that I can like use as like my argument going forward. But so far. So far, not many people have come to my aid. There's been like two people on Twitter that were like, "No, you're you're fine, you're right," and then like 500 people on Twitter that are like, "What the mm. fuck is wrong with you?" Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You got to keep looking for those. It was two when you down on. Show. It was when you doubled down on people like wanting to send you a toaster, and you were like, "Even if I had a toaster, I would still microwave these waffles." Yeah, oh, it's just man. better. But also, like just... everybody knows that people on Twitter are always right about everything. It's true. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Story number three. We finally have the re-reveal and release date for Sonic Origins. This is from Ash Parish at The Verge. Before I even get into the story, uh, Shannon, where are you? Are you a Sonic person? Uh, I definitely played them like growing up, but I did not like follow every game. <laughs> okay. Does the Sonic Origins collection excite you? Of course, this is coming with Sonic One, Two, and Three, Sonic and yep. Knuckles, and Sonic CD. Yeah, no, definitely. I'm going to give this a play for, for sure. Hell yeah. Barry's playing the trailer right now. If you're a video watcher, I'll read through the article again. This is Ash Parish at The Verge. In the lead up to Sonic's 31st birthday, uh, Sega has finally revealed the details behind Sonic Origins, a remastered collection of Sonic the Hedgehog 1, 2, Sonic 3 and Knuckles, and Sonic CD. Don't expect straight ports of these Sega classics, though. In addition to remastered visuals updated for today's consoles, Sonic Origins includes new achievements, collectibles, animated shorts, and game modes, putting a fresh pair of sneakers on these old classics. In Sonic Origins, players will be able to choose between playing in classic mode or anniversary mode. In classic mode, players will experience the games in all their original glory and original aspect ratios. Anniversary mode offers a full screen experience along, along with infinite lives, so you won't have to worry about getting repeatedly crushed to death in Chemical Plant Zone, which is a really good reference because Chemical Plant Zone, there's one, there, there's, there's one area of, planet, of Chemical Plant Zone that'll fuck you up, where you're underwater and the stairs are rotating, it'll always crush you to death. It's the worst. But also Chemical Plant Zone as, as a whole is the best. Uh, Sonic Origins lets you play as Sonic, Tails, or Knuckles throughout all four games, giving you an opportunity to beat Metal Sonic as Knuckles or fly through Green Hill Zone as Tails. While Sega has given while Sega has given fans upteen bundles of the of the first three Sonic games, Sonic CD has been hasn't seen a proper re-release since 2011. Shannon, as you were watching the trailer, because Bear had it playing, like, did that excite you? Did that get you hyped? Because I saw that trailer and I was like, oh, let's fucking go. Yeah, no, I I'm really excited, and this is another um, another uh, franchise that also has a movie coming out, so it's like uh, definitely yeah. like. Uh, did you see the Sonic Two movie? Uh no, actually I don't think I've seen that one, but I'm definitely seeing the the one that's coming. The first, one. like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, with Idris Elba, yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, I yeah I think that the game is like I, I was playing it on like the Sega Genesis, like the the re-release uh, console, and like <laughs> I just like keep dying over and over. So I definitely need uh, a, an Infinite Lives mode if possible. Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. I think the Infinite Lives mode is is a very welcome addition, uh, especially for like me who I want to I want to go through these games. I want to play this collection, but I also don't want to go through the thing of getting game overs and getting sent back and like having to to, to go through the struggle. I am I, there are too many games for that, and also this is coming out in uh, uh, late June. They had the date. Did I not include the date? Well, I'm gonna find the date for new dates. Uh, but it's coming out late June and June 23rd. 
June 23rd. Thank you so much, Barrett. It's coming out June 23rd. And that is also like, that's like, a, I think a week or so, maybe a few weeks after the quarry. And then also that same week is DNF Duel. And then also the Capcom fighting game collection. Like for me, there's a lot going on in June. That is a me ass June right there. Um, and so like, I want to be able to play this at my leisure and kind of go through it and not like have to struggle that much with it. Um, watch the trailer graphically. I love how it looks. I love the, the widescreen. I love the, it, it looks like it is remastered, which is great. When they first announced this, I knew this wasn't going to happen. And I didn't even want to speak it like outwardly because I didn't want to like put the idea out there for other people to, to then get disappointed. I was wanting it to be in the art style of Sonic Mania, but I also know that that it would be a lot of work for Sega that might not be worth the amount of money that like they're going to make anyway, just remastering it and making it look a little bit prettier than it did before. Um, but man, like the dream scenario would have been like Sonic Maniafy all the classic Sonic games and put it out as a collection. That would have been off the chain. But regardless, I'm still excited for, for what this is. I think it's a cool collection. Um, the one thing with it, though, is as they put out this uh, re-reveal of Sonic Origins, the monkey's paw curled. Barry, you can pull up the uh, the graphic um, that they put out with this announcement that explains the different versions of the game. So you can get the standard edition. There's also a start dash pack, premium pack, classic music pack, and then the digital del deluxe edition. They committed the cardinal sin, which is they put out a graph <laughs> explaining the features that come with each version. And the graph is confusing and it's bad, right? And so like to break it down for people, in the standard edition, of course, you get the main game, obviously. The start dash pack, you get 100 bonus coins, uh, mirror mode unlocked, and then letterbox background. Um, uh, uh, for, with the premium fun pack, you get hard missions, 11 in total, uh, letterbox backgrounds, 10 designs, character animations on the main menu, camera controls over the main menu islands, and then character animations during music islands. And then with the classic music pack, you get additional music tracks from the Mega Drive slash Genesis titles. Um, and then you have the digital deluxe edition, which comes with all the stuff I listed previously, except for the stuff in the start dash pack because the start dash pack only comes when you pre-order the main game or the digital digital deluxe edition it is batshit insane <laughs> how convoluted this is yeah this is very confusing i mean even though you've explained it to me i still don't really fully understand so am i supposed to like buy additional packs otherwise i can't get everything if you want everything if you yeah. want absolutely everything you have to pre pre-order the digital deluxe edition that'll get you everything if you Got don't pre-order the digital deluxe edition, you'll miss out on the 100 bonus coins and the mirror mode unlocked and the letterboxed background. But you get everything else in the deluxe edition. If you just want the more music, you can get the classic music pack. And then if you want just a random smattering of things for some reason, you can get the premium fun pack. But why get the premium fun, fun pack when you can just get the digital deluxe edition? Right. It's dumb. It's really dumb. Um, yeah, no. But yeah. yeah, how do you tend to feel like why do companies do this, right? Like why why do you do like the five different editions that get you like the smattering of different uh, features? I, I've definitely seen this before and like it's always been presented in a confusing way. Like I was playing Lost Ark for a while and like Lost Ark has like five different packs you can buy and then each of them are progressively better. And then, the, and then nobody bought the like the beginner ones. They only bought like the most expensive $100 one with everything in it. Just like you're saying, like the digital deluxe version seems like the best version of, of this of this game. Um, of like all the things that you want <laughs> i don't i don't know why companies do this i think it's like oh i guess this chart will help you understand it better oh it, it doesn't it confuses you more well i, I try uh yeah. my bad but yeah 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 it's just a bummer because like i think everything else with this sonic origins release has been very clean right they announced it again last year they they're doing the reveal now and they're like hey it's out june 20th uh and or june 21st it's out later june uh and it has all the things you want right like they it's such a clean release, but because it's Sonic the Hedgehog, they have to get something wrong. Like, there's always something <laughs> with Sonic the Hedgehog that they have to fuck up. But, like, it's not the end of the world. It's just, man, why? Like, just include, just get rid of the premium thing, keep the digital deluxe edition, and include everything in the digital deluxe edition, right? Don't make it a, hey, if you don't get it on time, you're going to miss out. Like, just give me everything on the, on the digital deluxe. But right. I digress. It's Sonic. <laughs> you deal with it and you play the games. Um, but, yeah, I am looking forward to that. That's awesome. Story number four, uh, I got a little PlayStation update for you. This comes from PlayStation on Twitter, um, at PlayStation on Twitter. PC players can now update their DualSense wireless controller with the latest firmware from Windows 11 and select Windows 10 devices without connecting to a PS5. So there you go. If you want to update your controller, boom. Greg Miller, do you have anything to say about that? No, I mean, these PC people should have been left out to die. I don't, you know what I mean? Turn on, your play, turn on your PlayStation 5, update it there. That's what you do. I'm here for wow. the real news, the real juice. How are you guys? Hey, first off, how's everybody doing? Sorry. Hi, Shannon. I'm Greg. Pleasure to meet you. 
Hey Greg, nice to meet you. That's just terrible. You're shitting on uh, PC gamers immediately. I mean, I really oh, appreciate all the PC gamers who beta test everything for us before it comes to consoles. That's great. But if they're like, oh, my PlayStation 5 is just so far away from my DualSense, get out of here. You know what I mean? Or even worse, they're buying the DualSense without a PlayStation 5. I was going to say, you don't those, those people exist. You don't belong, That's all right? True. You for years enjoyed your Xbox controllers. Go do that. And then, you know, when maybe when Valve makes you a PC controller, you can. Why am I here talking about this? I, there's breaking news. I, I, Oh, there are? there's oh, breaking news. There's so much breaking news. It's all Wait, coming really? from the about Meta. It's all about the Quest Two. You seen any of this? Blessing? No, no, he never played it to Slack. Me. He never. Number one, Slack. ladies and gentlemen, Moss Book Two has been confirmed to be coming to Quest Two. That's going to be coming this summer. So that's nice. great. We don't have to worry. You don't have to put on your PlayStation VR anymore. We all admit it. I tried it. No, it's no good. But more importantly, I'll read the press release to you, Blessing and Shannon. All right, read it to me. Okay. Sony Pictures, Sony Pictures Virtual Reality is thrilled to reveal a new Ghostbusters virtual reality game at the MetaQuest Gaming Showcase published by uh, SPVR and developed by the award-winning VR studio In Dreams. Strap on your Proton Pack and Quest 2 and step into the world of Ghostbusters in an immersive virtual reality. Now, Shannon, we don't know each other well at all. I like Ghostbusters <laughs> a lot. Maybe you know that, maybe you don't. Blessing, you know that I like Ghostbusters a lot. You know that I like VR a lot, especially on the Quest 2. Listen to this next sentence, all right? Okay. Run your Ghostbusters HQ in a new city, San Francisco, and oh, solve a shit. deep mystery across a new chapter in Ghostbusters universe. Track, blast, and trap ghosts in gripping encounters by wielding iconic equipment. Go it alone or as a team with up to three friends in co-op in an extensive and engrossing campaign. Continue the Ghostbusters legacy, protect the city from fiendish ghouls, and experience all the humor and frights from this beloved franchise. Greg, <laughs> how do you feel? I how do I feel blessing cloud nine are you kidding me right now uh, just when I thought this year couldn't get better minus my dog dying this year couldn't get better with the announcement of a Ghostbusters game from Ilphonic that I'm in they're gonna put out a Ghostbusters VR game on the quest Two, and they're gonna do this and then a lot of people when I was tweeting about this were like Greg why wouldn't this come to PlayStation VR? Of course, you know, Sony, uh, Sony Pictures, Sony Computer Entertainment, all this different. Maybe, the, 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 don't worry about that. Maybe this will be uh, for uh, PlayStation VR 2. PlayStation VR 2, they come out, they give the big press conference, they announce a bunch of games. I would have bet dollars to donuts that's where this would show up. But I'm not even going to worry about it. I got the Quest 2. You got the Quest 2, Blessing. You're playing this whole thing with me. You Don't Am think I? you're getting out of this. You're is locked it, in. Is it multiplayer? What the? Do you not listen to what I said? What I read? <laughs> I, I heard HQ, he San Francisco. He Go it alone, he or listen. as a team with up to three friends in co-op, okay. an extensive and engross in an extensive and engrossing campaign. We're gonna continue the Ghostbusters legacy, you and me. Shannon, you're invited too. Barrett, you're invited. Thank you. I'm afraid to admit that I actually also have a quest too. It's kind of <laughs> that game is funny. Looking at the ghost with like the VR headset on, like that's a funny logo. It was a great, but... yeah. Logo's fantastic there. <laughs> uh, is do, Greg? Do you not feel like there's like an oversaturation of Ghostbusters game right now? Games right now, like <laughs> how many multiplayer Ghostbusters games do we need? You know what I mean, Greg? Now, blessing. You know, you're of course saying that, and I'm sure a lot of people expect me to be the character of Greg Miller and like do something crazy or say something. Yeah, like like what are you talking about? No, no, I do think it's actually really weird. <laughs> I do think it's, it's really <laughs> right? a bizarre choice to have two games that are sound very similar. Of hey, team up with your three friends or go it alone and fight the ghost. Like the Ilphonic one. Here's what I would say. Mm. knowing nothing about this other than what the press release and the teaser trailer they have put out which is all cinematic it would strike me that the quest 2 ghostbusters game isn't imminent that it's more far away whereas the alphonic game we've played they've said 2022 i bet they hit 2022 like i think that game we're going to be playing more uh sooner or sooner rather than later whereas the fact that this is this is ghostbusters vr and then parentheses working title like i feel like this is an announcement mm. but maybe not this is more maybe a 2023 game or, to be clear, they've not, they've not said year at all. They have not said a year at all. No, okay. there's nothing on that. Gotcha. We'll be unveiling more in the coming months, so keep your PKE meters tuned to blah, blah, blah. They, but they don't talk about when it's coming out. So I think this is a little bit further out, and this is just an announcement. So I, I do think it's, you know, unfortunate timing. You know, GDC is when Ilphonic's Ghostbusters game, just had, uh, Spirits Unleashed, just had its uh, big coming out party. Then you have this. But then also... We're probably getting into the weeds as we do on Kind of Funny Games Daily because we are a different audience than the people who probably... There's plenty of people I know that are, just have a Quest. I was talking to somebody at a uh, at the farmer's oh, market fuck. the other day that so they only have the Quest. quest one. No, this is Quest 2 is what they said. I, and I do. I don't have a Quest 2. Yeah, I'm, in, I'm one of those people. Yeah, see, well, I'll get you one. We'll get you one. We'll get you one. I'll buy you one. If you're going to play Ghostbusters with me, I'll get you a Quest 2. Don't worry about that. If you give me a Quest 2, 
yeah, I'll play I'll play Ghostbusters with you. I'll do it. Hell yeah. All right, cool. So yeah, I think we I think I think we got some time. I do think it's uh, interesting to put them out on top of each other, but then I also think that clearly the Ophonic game will be bigger because it's everywhere and you know VR is still a small emerging mm-hmm. market. And I think that for the Quest 2 audience, this will be cool. And for Ghostbuster fans like me, it'll be cool. So this again, this doesn't have a release date. Do you think there's any chance that this is a PlayStation VR 2 launch title? I think there's a chance of that for sure. I think, you know, I think it's uh PlayStation VR 2 and when it's coming out and then also what's coming to it, obviously still a big question mark, right? Like we know Horizon Call of the Mountain pretty much. Yeah. And that's what, you know, that's a targeted announcement from PlayStation. So yeah, I would expect, like I said, that when they do their PlayStation VR 2 showcase and give you a date and announce a whole bunch of games to be excited for, I would imagine you get this uh, trailer for this there. Yeah, because I'm pulling two directions of it being like, I had to look up in Dreams because I didn't know if in Dreams was like owned by Meta or anything like that. And I don't think they are. It doesn't look like that. Um, Meta makes the announcement, right? But then also it's Sony Pictures and Sony Pictures has that connection to Sony Interactive Entertainment, right? For you sure. imagine that there'll be some back and forth there, especially when you've had cross promotion go on in Dreams where they did the Dreams Ghostbusters game. Like Sony isn't shy about the department speaking like that. And I would figure like if you have a Sony Pictures game, like might as well, if things line up, have that be a thing of, hey, put it out day and date on PlayStation VR. I figure, yeah, it's just, I think you have a couple different things happening where, of course, this was unveiled at the meta event. Like in the same way Moss mm-hmm. happened today, they're doing right. a meta event. So you're not going to yeah. talk about a different platform up there. And again, yeah. what do you have to gain right now by talking about a different platform when the platform's not ready? It's not like you can go out and buy sure. PlayStation VR 2 yet. Yeah, maybe oh, it's yeah. like a timed exclusive for meta and meta gets it first and then it goes to PS. Yeah, yeah that's a good point too because like I would figure if it was a thing that PlayStation wanted to promote as a PlayStation launch style for PSVR, I would figure that you would wait for whenever PSVR has their event and then reveal it there as opposed to a meta thing. Yeah. But maybe they just wanted to reveal it earlier. Maybe maybe the timing worked out because it'll be coming to both, both platforms or maybe it is just a meta um, Quest 2 thing. Now, uh, in the chat, Charles Jacobson says, I'm still baffled by Greg talking so much PC shit and then being stoked about a game coming to the MetaQuest 2. That's because it's all a bit, ladies and gentlemen. Play games wherever you want them. I'll play Ghostbusters wherever you put them. Thank you and good night, Shannon. But just not on PC. (laughs) Just not on PC. You play games wherever you want as long as it's not on one of those fucking Excel machines that is the PC. Blessing until until we get um, our, our Steam decks. I just feel so Steam insulted by which I gotta check. Wow. I, I've not gotten an update on my Steam Deck. Neither have I. Like, yeah, I haven't either. Um, they said they're shipping more out, but uh, I don't. I don't know where mine is. Shannon, let's round out the Roper Report with story number five. Nintendo of America receives labor complaints for alleged NLRA violations. I'm going to pull from Jeffrey Rousseau at GamesIndustry.biz. Shannon, right before we started the show, you alerted me to the fact that you also have an article up about this, and so I want to talk about that in a second. But to read from Jeffrey's article, last Friday, a labor complaint was filed against Nintendo of America, which alleges that it had violated the National Labor Relations Act. As reported by Axios, a contractor's case states that the publisher and hiring company, Aston Carter, were involved in actions such as threats, retaliation, and surveillance. The suit was filed in Washington, the same state in which Nintendo of America operates. The NLRA labor law states, quote, the NLRA protects workplace democracy by providing employees at private sector workplaces the fundamental right to seek better working conditions and designation of representation without fear of retaliation, end quote. That sounded like a rap bar. bar. There was a lot of rhyming words there that flowed well well together. Shout out to the writer (laughs) here. Uh, The case case listing of allegations against Nintendo of America and Aston Carter include uh, discharge, including layoff and refusal to hire, coercive statements being threats, promises of benefits, etc., concerted activities being retaliation, discharge uh or discipline and then coercive oh no uh, coercive action they put co- coercive here twice oh coercive statements and coercive actions that's what it is and coercive actions involves uh, uh surveillance etc shannon you also had a new story up about this is there anything you want to add to this story yeah of course i mean i would just like shut myself out and say that i re- rephrase this differently so that it makes more sense basically uh nintendo of america and aston uh carter which is like this uh recruiting firm that they use to hire contractors for nintendo uh basically both of them are being accused by this anonymous worker uh who said that like oh i've been discharged i've been like uh either laid off or like just like left the company because of uh, the union activities that they did, which they were trying to join or support a union. And they were also trying to like talk about wages and they then uh, were surveilled by Nintendo or Aston Carter. So it's like not exactly clear like 
which it's like a broad list of accusations and it's not clear like exactly what happened yet because those details are not out yet and we don't know who it is who's bringing out these charges and nintendo and aston carter did not respond to comment even though i gave nintendo about a day and a half to reply so that's about all we know it's a very short story right now but basically it's like nintendo's first time being publicly accused of yeah. a labor complaint so like that's significant that's that's the thing that, that i think really stuck out to me in the story is that nintendo i think is usually known to be buttoned up when it comes to this type of thing right like they're not the one they're they're usually not in the activision camp or the ubisoft camp or like the, the camp of, be, of being the, being the ones that are kind of known for workplace toxicity or workplace harassment or or, or, or other things nintendo yeah. usually doesn't get called out in this way is that a thing that surprises you as you see the story yeah, I, I would say that Nintendo like does a good job of like keeping its image very clean. Uh, but just like having you know done investigative uh, journalism across games games industry, I, I know that people have said things about any company. So like there's For not sure. a single company that can escape all of this. Um, just like depending on uh, what happened inside the company and like how managers are treating them, um, a lot of people have raised issues across the board across the industry. Uh, this is just the first time that we've heard about it from Nintendo. So I don't know what else there is uh, with this company, and at least like they should respond so that we can uh then cover them again but uh, so far they've just like kept quiet so we really don't know yeah and to be and like to point out too right for for folks right like video games companies are big right like nintendo has hundreds of employees right like activated all these companies have hundreds of employees and the break they're broken down into a departments right there's multiple managers there's so many different teams that work for these companies and like even you you'll hear people the same people talk about the same company in different ways depending on their experience right where like there are plenty of people i know who work at ubisoft that totally love their experience at ubisoft but then there are there are other people that are like no man my manager sucks like the like x y and z thing happened that was not okay right i'm sure that um that expands like activision that expands pretty much any company and like nintendo you know for as much good as we hear and for as much like clean as much clean as as the reputation has been right like that also doesn't discount from them having issues right that might spawn down to hey this team that at nintendo that is like way you kind of had to dig down down into right like this team sucks and they mis mismanaged employees in this way right like a lot of the stuff is stuff that gets lost once it filters its way to the top because a lot of stuff can be hidden um and so yeah when it uh, like when any of these stories comes up it's the thing of Glad people are talking about it. You know, if this, if if all this is accurate, I hope people are are dealing with it. I hope it gets dealt with in the right way, and I hope that like mm -hmm. the workers prevail and are able to fight and like uh, uh, gain a better work environment and work in a place where they feel safe and they feel like they're thriving. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, yeah, even with Activision Blizzard, there have been people who work on like the Call of Duty team or like World of Warcraft, and they're like, oh, I actually love my manager. I'm having a great time here. Even when all this stuff is happening, it's like they're like, well, there are like bad apple they're like there are certain like systems in place that are not supporting us uh, and it's like largely not good but like maybe on this team itself and this manager i i like this person i can respect them um so it's oh it's it's just like what you're saying like the the companies are huge um and the other thing i'll add is like for this story um the nl um NORB, uh, the basically the Labor Relations Board is investigating Nintendo and Aston Carter now, and mm -hmm. then we'll see what what turns up. But their investigation will take like seven to fourteen weeks, so we'll see. Gotcha. Yeah. And to answer this one person in chat that was like, "Well, we don't hear about Nintendo because they're located in Japan." This is specifically about Nintendo of America, right? Like yeah. this is us, them talking about the U.S. office, which is as well pretty big. Um, and so I'm sure we'll hear more about this soon. But for yeah. now, uh, Shannon, I'm very excited to see how that ghostbusters game ends up is that going to be a psvr2 title hey we'll have to wait and see but for now if i want to know what's coming out to mommograph shops today where would i look the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform listed by the kind of funny games daily show hosts each and every weekday out today you did a great job by the way i was like trying to make the transition more obvious because like i, I was like explaining it to you before the show and i was like man hopefully i can hopefully i can nail this because I'm, I'm gonna have to reference a labor story but you picked up on it well you got it you absolutely nailed it yeah, absolutely. out today we got glover for the pc star wars the force unleashed for the switch uh aircraft carrier survival for pc myth force for pc and then postal 4 for pc new dates for you digimon survives will launch july 28th on switch ps4 xbox series x xbox one and steam cotton fantasy releases on ps4 and switch on may 20th and then katie and meow land uh comes to nintendo switch on april 28th 
2022. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I think I butchered that name. Katie in Meow Meow Land. It's two meows, not one meow. Katie in Meow Meow Land comes to Nintendo Switch April 28th. Shannon, Shannon, now it's time for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. We write in list of what we got wrong as we got it wrong so we can correct it for those watching later on youtube.com slash games and on podcast services around the globe. Y'all got to stop writing in about the waffles thing, all right? That's not factually wrong. These are factual you're no, wrong. it's morally wrong. <laughs> oh no <laughs> uh jay fulcrum says out today prowler pack challenge series on fortnite via battle pass uh don't forget to use code kind of funny when buying v bucks for the battle pass and then coley d says the billy eilish song in the gears trailer was actually bury a friend oh sorry yes very that's right well it was still really dramatic and like compelled me to play the game and then realized that it was not even in the game so <laughs> that's like that's like that's par for the course for gears trailers trailers right right because like yeah. that first gears of war trailer oh man we're already past kind of funny.com slash you're wrong so i can't even do like the you're wrong thing the first gears of war trailer had like a famous like song i forget which one mad world that's what it was it was the mad world trailer did the game ever have mad world because like mm -hmm. people knew like that trailer was a moment for people people are like yo this is a fucking this is an amazing trailer right yeah. did the game ever have that <laughs> I don't think so. But somebody in chat says no. Somebody in chat says yes. And so definitively, <laughs> that's 50 50. Not sure. <laughs> Siegfried says no. It didn't Gears 2, says overly jumpy. Gears 3, says DJ Brad, Trill, Brad, Brad Chill. Okay, people are saying Gears 3. Gear, uh, confirmation. A lot of people in chat are saying Gears 3 had the song. And so. Okay. Boom. So you have the to like, you keep learn. playing them until you get you hit Mad World. Then you're like, yeah. You got to wait. You got to wait <laughs> three Gears games before you get the Billy Eilish song in there. <laughs> all right i gotta get to like years eight i gotta keep waiting yeah exactly that's what i gotta do okay. tomorrow's hosts for kind of funny games daily are greg and tim um before we wrap up shannon lau thank you so much for joining me um where can people find your work oh thanks for having me blessing uh i'm on twitter uh shannon underscore lao l-i-a-o um, or you can just go on launcher.gg which is literally our site for the washington post video games uh section and then you know we just post articles every week Hell yeah. Yeah, everybody go check out uh, Shannon's articles. You all, you had the article, again, you had the article for today's story of the Nintendo uh, stuff going on. You also had the um, Turning Red uh, uh, director. Yeah. You had an article about her uh, and how she plays video games. I forget if, she, if it was a specific video game or not. She plays so many video games. She was like, wait, hold on. I'm not a gamer, but I I want to play Elden Ring. I've been playing Ghost of Tsushima, Red Dead Redemption 2. Like, honestly, you should probably get her on this show. Uh, but yeah, she just like plays almost every game. And I was like, uh, you are a gamer. What, what are you discrediting yourself? Heck yeah. Everybody follow Shannon. Uh, check out Shannon's work. Uh, and of course, if you're watching this live on Twitch right now, after this is Mike and the crew playing some Myth Force, which looks really cool. If you want to catch that stream later, you can subscribe to youtube.com slash kindoffunnyplays. Remember, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily, each and every weekday live right here on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames, so stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, game daily.